0: Uh, I'm gonna say no one's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's go. Blow With the fifth overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select. Quarterback Tua Tonga Valoa from the University of Alabama. It is done. The decision has been made. The ride is not over. By the way, we have just gone down the first hill. So if you take roller coasters, you like roller coasters. The last four months have been that steady climb where you're climbing up into the horizon. And then the last 48 hours have been right when that front car starts to dip over and you see out over top of the rails and you realize, oh, God, I want to get off the ride. We're way up here. This could go wrong. And then you drop and it's go time and it's exhilarating. And you realize after that first steep descent, how much you really enjoy it. And it reminds you why you ride the ride the whole time. That's where we're at. Dolphins fans. The Miami Dolphins drafted Tua Tungavello. With their first overall selection. fifth overall selection. They more than anything else. More than any of the picks they could have made. They made three picks yesterday. They actually left last night's first round, with more total picks than they were scheduled to make at the beginning of the round. And they had the most in the NFL with 14 to begin with. Are you kidding me, Chris Greer? I said this on Twitter, at Grinding the Tape. Your host, Kyle Krabs, by the way. Chris Greer turned the 2020 NFL draft process into his own personal house of horrors and funhouse. For the rest of the NFL, smoke and mirrors, and tricks, and trapdoors and misdirections, and sleight of hands, and every bit along the way, it all culminated with the exact same thing that everybody knew it was at the end of the day. You're going to come out of the other end of the house fine, and in this case, with Tua Tungavello as your franchise quarterback. Dolphins indeed have been tied to Tua for 14 months, and Chris Greer made us all question... And if you didn't question, congratulations on your blind faith paying dividends for an organization that typically has a tendency of putting you through the ringer every now and again. None of that matters now. Two is the pick. We're going to move forward with two. And that's what the Dolphins did throughout the course of that first round, staying put at 18. Interestingly enough, we did see Tristan Wirfs, the Iowa offensive tackle, slide to 13. Could not get involved in that. It sounded like San Francisco had several offers to move back from 13. They ultimately opted for a cheap flip with Tampa Bay, who picked 14. So if Miami was going to go from 18 to 13 to go get Tristan Wirfs, which I cannot confirm that they were one of the teams calling, I can just confirm the teams were calling San Francisco, they would have had to pay. Pay pretty penny. Well, they didn't, and instead they stay put. They draft Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson from USC is going to be one of the Dolphins' new starting offensive tackles, presumably bumping Julian Davenport out of the starting lineup. Do I love what Austin Jackson is right now? No. Does he make sense for the Dolphins? Yes, he does. And here's why. The big four offensive tackles were off the board. My perfect draft would have seen Miami come away with their QB2, whoever it was, turned out to be Tua, and one of the big four offensive tackles. Fourth offensive tackle is gone by 13. Miami takes their next best available offensive tackle, which is Austin Jackson. From a scheme perspective, Austin Jackson fits. He's a big, big boy. He's got great mobility. He's got some technical lapses that need to be developed so that he stays more sticky on blocks, sustains his blocks longer, is more sufficient in his pass sets. But from a scheme perspective, this is your silver lining if you want it right here. Because I would love to sit here and say, I love Austin Jackson. I don't love what he is right now. But from a scheme perspective, the Dolphins are going to horizontally space the field, run downhill at you, They're going to run a lot of play action and RPO. A lot of quick passing game. When you're a big body like Austin Jackson, quick passing game means you're going to be less susceptible to giving up big hits. Spreading the field means pretty straightforward reads for your quarterback. Shouldn't be a lot of surprises. Running downhill is what Austin Jackson does best. He moves very well when he is attached on a body. He has plenty of functional power. You saw his play strength come back in the back half of 2019. If you're not familiar with his story, more than he is a football player, he is an incredible story. Uh, He volunteered to give a bone marrow transplant to his younger sister who was battling a rare genetic disorder Uh, that prevented her body from creating uh, red blood cells. So in July of 2019, Austin Jackson gave a bone marrow transplant to his younger sister, knowing full well that it would have negative and adverse effects on his ability to play football at a high level in a year in which he was eligible for the 2020 NFL draft. That deserves a round of applause for keeping context in what is important in life beyond football. Family, taking care of each other, making sacrifices, team player. Think about all the things Brian Flores ever talks about being an individual that's a a good fit for the Miami Dolphins. Austin Jackson proved all of those things and that he is all of those things with a very simple gift, uh, uh, the gift of life to help his younger sister. So I'm... I see the picture they're painting with the pick of Austin Jackson. He'll need to get coached up. I'm not going to sit here and, and blow smoke and, and say he's going to be as efficient immediately at the pro level versus these big four offensive tackles that went in front of him. But from a scheme perspective, and that's what's most important, people will say, oh, they reached on a need. Remember, you're looking at this through the scope of the Dolphins specifically and their criteria. Mobility, size, length, athletic ability, functional strength. Those are all things that are important to the Dolphins. This is a team that is oriented around player development. They are going to develop Austin Jackson. What is his ceiling? With His traits he profiles to be a Pro Bowl caliber player if everything clicks. Will that happen? I cannot guarantee that. But they picked a guy who has all the traits to become that kind of player if everything goes right. And he is a good scheme fit for the Dolphins offensive line based on what we know their offense is going to try to do in 2020 and beyond.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Which brings us to the final pick of the first round. And what the Dolphins elected to do. Uh, The Dolphins elected to trade back from 26. And in their trade back from 26, they picked up an additional fourth-round pick, 136. And then they drafted Auburn defensive back Noah Bahogany If you're unfamiliar with Bahogany it is understandable because we didn't talk a lot about corners once the Dolphins signed Byron Jones because you said, okay, Miami has Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain can play free safety. We've got Eric Rowe with safety experience. Nick Needham. Let this be the lesson. Let this be the the locked-on Dolphins lesson in the draft. Don't let a good or promising young player prevent you from taking a potentially great player at the same position. That is the case with what the Dolphins chose to do with Noah Igbahagny. This is a player who's played defense for two years. Both his parents, Olympic sprinters. He will face guard the hell out of you. And he is really scrappy. I love his play style. He's a Flores-type defensive back with his tackling ability, his aggressiveness. The only thing he really has not developed is his ball skills. But he's, he is so fluid that he is going to do well staying sticky and being on the body of receivers in press coverage, playing in the face of the opposition at the line of scrimmage. But if you think about it, the Dolphins kind of followed the script that I laid out yesterday with my final mock for the Dolphins, in which they took a quarterback, they didn't have to trade up to get him, they didn't trade up from 18, but they did trade back from 26 after taking an offensive tackle with their second pick. They got an extra fourth-round pick. They went best player available. They elected for best player available, which was a premium position not drafting the running back. like We seem to have some of the conflict with. So we've talked about that on this show, the conflict of a first-round running back. Miami traded back. None of the running backs came off the board. We ended up getting one running back off the board. It was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at pick 32. Dolphins pick again at 39 tonight. You think they're going to think about a running back? I have my prediction, but I'm going to drop that at the end of the show. I want to talk about Noah Igbahagany here for a moment. I want to read to you guys some of my thoughts on him. Uh, This was in a very, very, very good corner class, a player I had ranked – with a second-round evaluation in a vacuum. But for Flores, he makes sense. He's pretty explosive. 10-8 in the broad, 37 in the vert, 4 in the forty. Here's some of what I had to say. No, Mahogany is a high ceiling cornerback at the NFL level with just two seasons of experience playing cornerback. Mahogany is facing tremendous growth in the coming years as he becomes a more natural defending, more natural defending receivers at the catch point and further developing the finer points of the position. A former track star, Igbaogheni is an explosive athlete with elite body control, who will present as a starter in the long run. The only question is how long it takes him to round into form. His best trait was his explosiveness. His worst trait was his ball skills. Let's talk about his man coverage ability. He's still wrong press coverage and can prematurely step and throw the wrong hand to lock himself into some difficult transitions. His recovery burst, physicality down the field, and his combativeness all mixed together to allow him to frequently work back into the body and squeeze and diminish throws. Let's talk about his competitive toughness. Brings special teams value in addition to his skills as a defender and took one for the team in converting to a cornerback in 2018. He's a high-effort player, and he's been found way down the field in pursuit of runs and quick game that's popped off the defense. Scrappy to squeeze vertical stems into the boundary. Run support. Really like his ability to play the boundary as a support defender. He's got good awareness to peel back when he's in man-to-man, and when he's in zone, he's got suddenness to drive and To the play quickly. He's an ambitious tackler, which has bit him a few times. He's got punch power to jolt would be blockers and collapse angles. Willing as a tackler. With his dense build, he's got plenty of play strength to be a valued hitter, but he'll need to be a little more consistent wrapping up to ensure he's finishing all of his challenges. He's got the dog in him, he's got the attitude, a little bit of rough around the edges, but again, this is a pick for a defense that is going to run a ton of defensive back sub packages. Do the Dolphins still draft a free safety? I wish I could tell you with confidence. Would it make sense for them to still draft a free safety? Yes, I think it would. Because if you told me I can get a starting secondary in nickel with Byron Jones, Xavier Howard on the outside, Igba mahogany in the nick, Eric Rowe playing strong safety, Guy could play man to man in the face of tight ends, and you get a prowler who could play middle high or middle single high free safety on top of that. Let's freaking go. Bobby McCain's status is now in question. He is either going to be the free safety of this football team, or he's going to be a rotational player that becomes a potential cap casualty down the road. Part of the youth movement. I still like Bobby. He didn't play great at free safety in eight games, but it's the first time he's been charged with playing it. Remains to be seen. Staying true to your board and trading down and still getting your best player available and adding an extra day three pick. After all this smoke about trading up and Justin Herbert, it turns out the Dolphins were targeting uh, Herbert and Smokes because that was the Chargers guy all along trying to coax the Chargers to trade up in front of them and slam that door shut on the chance of somebody jumping them to, to challenge for Tua. Chris Greer Funhouse, man. He played it
1: awesome. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And we knew there'd be smoke and mirrors. We knew there'd be drama. And yes, it gets you anxious. If you don't get anxious, then you don't care. And I would rather have you guys be on the edge of your seat asking me questions. I was on the edge of my seat. I was asking questions. We explored all the hypotheticals. There are no more hypotheticals to explore with the Dolphins' first three first or first three picks in 2020. Most critical juncture, they took my second-rated quarterback behind Joe Burrow to a Tungavello. Accuracy, intangibles, leadership, big play mentality. Thrives in the RPO, quick quick play action game. Like the Dolphins are going to run with Gailey, I'm telling you, the Dolphins are going to try and re- recreate the Alabama offense. That's their blueprint. You think about who Alabama has on their offensive line. They got big dudes. Jedrick Wills went in the top ten. Alex Leatherwood went back to school. Austin Jackson's a comparable physical profile to Alex Leatherwood. Eric Flowers next to him, you're getting big 320-plus pound pound bodies who can run downhill and run you off the line. They've got enough athleticism to get out in space in the quick game and pluck off a safety or a linebacker that's trying to flow. And they got enough length that in the quick game, their length and size should be enough as long as the ball's out on time. They're not going to give up a ton of heat around the edge. And he's got room to grow. Developmental player as well. But I expect he'll start right away. And then you get the trade back, best player available. You're still going to have a chance to draft a running back here early, and you might get RB two. You know, if they have a preference in J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, you might get him at 39. If you see another running back go between 33 and 39, yeah, Miami should probably take the back now. Get RB3 here if the demand is going to be there. But if they have a chance, they might shoot, they might pass. They might take Antoine Winfield, Grant Delpit. They might take Ashton Davis and then come back and, and trade up from 56. Get ahead of the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers and some of these other teams that need running backs into the late 40s, early 50s. Make sure they grab their running back there. Here's my prediction. You ready? It's going to be some combination. Of a free safety, either Antoine Winfield or Ashton Davis. One of their running back per- preferred targets, either J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, or Cam Akers. I don't think Jonathan Taylor makes a lot of sense for his limitations in the pass game. And another offensive lineman today, Robert Hunt, would be the name I'd circle. And if I were a betting man, which I may or may not be, I would tell you right now. Let's get ready for the Dolphins. They picked up 136, and they got 136, 141, and then a slew of, they got three fives behind that. They're going to put these up together, and they're going to come up, and I would be willing to bet you, the Dolphins are going to trade up, and they're going to get another top 100 pick in this loaded class. That would give them seven. Seven picks in the top 100. And they got a scheme fit, developmental, long-term offensive tackle fit that should be able to learn on the gig based on the style of the offense. You got a super high ceiling corner with high-end physical traits. And you got your quarterback, the future in two. And you didn't have to trade up to get him. They stayed put, got all three picks in the first round. This is what the good front office looks like. Just like their cap structure, just like their spending habits. They spent a lot of money, but guess what? They structured all the guaranteed money so that you're going to roll around the next offseason. The Dolphins are going to have $75 million, two first round picks, two second round picks, and potentially 15 frickin' picks here in this draft. And they got I feel like they got the right choice of quarterback with QB two behind Joe Burrow. How can you not be stoked? How can you not be excited? I'm excited that some of the speculation is out. And we get to talk about how some of these pieces fit together. But I'm going to let the Dolphins bring that full picture together first. Which is why we are done here on this Friday edition of Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys are stoked. We got plenty to talk about next week. Hit subscribe. We're going to digest everything that happens. We're going to have a ton of rookies to go through. Talk about their picture. Long term and short term for the Dolphins. Their fit. Why they were picked who could have been picked alternatively, and talk a lot about this this master stroke from Chris Greer and Brian Flores and company. They played this build-up perfectly. And for the first time in a long time, you guys should feel excited about having everything aligned. And we've talked about that since I took over this show in January, in February. All of the signs are pointing in the right direction. And if you keep Tua healthy and you get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker, and you listen to the buildup to the start of the draft show yesterday, that's what Nick Saban talked about it, Street talked about it, Uh, Louis Riddick talked about it, like everybody talked about it. Just get the ball out of his hand a little bit quicker stop having him take so many unnecessary hits, protect himself. If he does that, we're cooking with gas, folks. Fins up. Enjoy tonight's day two. Enjoy tomorrow's day three. Come back and see us on Monday because we're going to have a lot to dig into. This is Kyle Krabs signing off for Locked On Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Fins up.